We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey there. Because you're listening to this podcast, we at Blue Wire want you to know this. One, we freaking love you. And two, we want to learn more about you. Help us make more content you'll love by filling out a survey you can find in the description of this podcast. You'll help us out a ton, and you'll have a chance to win a Blue Wire t-shirt, hoodie, or a pair of AirPods. We appreciate you, hope you're staying safe, and want you to enjoy this podcast. Oh. Welcome to Light Years. Oh man, so we have a uh, interesting week of no games again. <laughs> uh, Sam hit the group chat uh, this morning. By the way, shout out to to producer Ben. Shout out to our intern uh, Neil Ragavan. Hopefully, I'm saying that right. Um, they they help us put together the podcast, but really the brains behind the operation. Sam comes in this morning and goes, "Hey, what do you guys think about?" doing whatever the hell we're going to do here in the next hour. We're going to analyze all the draft picks of the Lake of Bear. We're going to we're we're, <laughs> we're putting Bob Myers on blast today. Now, um we got a lot of time. I did see that, you know, th- there was a game in Israel this week. We got to see Denny Adia play a game. Um he got massive by the way. He he looks like he looks like high school LeBron turned into, you know, Miami Heat LeBron. He, then he looks like he is ready to be in the NBA. He's, he's going to get fat really quick. No. <laughs> <laughs> he's got uh, your Luka, genes. Luka, You've lost Luka, weight. Luka 2.0, man. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> no, wow. Not, not really. But um, um, what was I going to say? Uh, yeah, so let's, let's start. This week we're going to talk about all the draft picks in the Lake of Era. So Bob Myers was not the GM in 2011, but he was the assistant GM. Is that correct? When did Bob Myers uh, get hired as the assistant GM? And I hope Do you so. know. Do you know? No idea. No idea. It was in 2011. Oh. So he, um, 
as as it goes, um, he was influential in pulling off the Bogut trade, which was in the 11-12 yep. season, and that's when they kind of promoted him. But for purpose of this exercise, we're going to go through all the draft picks, and I don't know if it's going to inform us about what they're going to do in the in the future draft, but I feel like well, we got time. We might as well look backwards before we look forwards, right? <laughs> but we've already looked forward every week for the past three months. So let's let's take a let's take a step back. Um, hey, by the way, before we kind of go into the draft picks, real quick about Bob Myers, um, do find it interesting that Warriors fans have not turned on Bob Myers, but have kind of put him in the spotlight the last few years. A lot of that because of the draft picks. But um, I know we're not going to talk about the trades, but uh. I, it's become, I think, the last few years very difficult to grade Bob Myers. I think before that, it was very easy to name. He even got exec of the year, um, but it's become very difficult. I think that's kind of why we're doing this because it's it's hard. And to I do think we, we're we're very aware of the fact that Bob's one of the more emotionally intelligent people people in the NBA. Like that's his calling card. He's not the uh he's not jerry west who discovered kobe at 17 he's not like the scouting guru mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and uh he's not necessarily the um the daryl morey like right. hat magician sam right. hinky type uh his skill is people skills and i do think it gets overlooked because the top guy always gets the credit so when things go well the top guy gets all the credit when in reality it's like you need to have this multifaceted front office you know Daryl Morey is amazing with manipulating the cap, but he also has good scouts who find him guys like Daniel House. Yep. yep. Like all and, that. And, 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 and then there's, there's a flip side to all of that too, right? I think I personally love Daryl Morey. Um, I think he's great. But then you have the lack of the people skills where with Daryl Morey, uh, I think the stuff that he did with Jeremy Lin, um, you look at the stuff with China and Hong Kong, where it's just like, I mean, <laughs> some of the stuff where he does, where you can By the see way, I'm, he lacks I'm, those skills. We're both in favor of his stance on Hong Kong. It's just, is it the smartest yes. business move to say that? Um, right. You and I both, every day at our jobs, don't say our full opinion because we know there's consequences to it. So um, with that... One of the weirders, just like, what do you do? Anyway, we're not here to talk about Daryl Morey, but I think it is important to kind of look at Bob Myers just to see what kind of GM he is. And, and, and also to kind of talk about, I think we will throughout the podcast, um, that he's not the guy that is in charge. He oversees the draft picks here, but he is not. I, th- I think, I think you're underselling him, but, um, let, let's, let's start here. Let's go to, let's, let's go to 2011, right. 2011. They took clay Thompson 11 overall. Um, can't really complain about that one. He's not bad. He's not bad. He's okay. I do remember in 2011, I wanted them to take Alec Burks, who became a warrior, and he wasn't a bad player either, but he's not Clay Thompson. So uh, We didn't know each other in 2011. Alec Burks was also my pick. Uh, <laughs> I also love Alec Burks. So, so can, we, can we talk through? The reason I wanted Alec Burks was because you already had Steph. So the idea of a ball handling slasher, but bigger, so theoretically could play defense. Alec Burke's not much of a defender, but at that point he was six six with athleticism. He thought he could be a defender, right? While also being kind of a pick and roll downhill guy. Makes sense with Steph. I didn't really see the vision with another shooter next to him who can't handle the ball. Because the way I saw Steph was a great ball handler, 
can play the pick and roll, but also amazing off ball. So what if you put a dude next to him and can handle, and then you can get Steph playing on and off ball? Inevitably, they did that. It just didn't happen to be a shooting guard. Um, also, and, wasn't Clay was not a defender coming into the NBA. No, that's the other thing. All yeah. the his comps were Mike Miller, Kevin yeah. Martin. Um, and at that point, you know, some fans thought Steph was the future, but it wasn't clear, and you really wanted to. We still run into this today where teams will overvalue athleticism and slashing over shooting. Like, think that has higher upside. It's how you get um, – it's how you pick, like, Deion Waiters ahead of Damian Lillard or stuff like that where it's like, well, look how athletic he is or something well, like that. I mean, even Russell Westbrook, there are people – in, in the world that would pick Russell Westbrook and more people than they sh- that should be that pick Russ over Steph. Like to put it very simply. It's because there's this intuitive, um, intuitive is the wrong word, but this, this belief that you can teach someone to be a confident shooter, but you cannot teach them to be an athlete. And I think what we've learned through the Warriors run is, I mean, you can teach someone to maybe hit a standstill shot, but you can't teach touch. Yes. You can't yes. teach touch. With that said, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No. Was, uh, well, you also can't teach. I mean, let's, let's think about it this way. I mean, Clay and Steph, two of the best. I mean, two of the greatest shooters of all time, right? Um, by the way, uh, talking about teaching like touch and teaching shooting, Kawhi Leonard drafted 15th or traded there. but uh, Yeah, I mean, he was 15th overall. Yeah. And I think – that, I'm going to get into this. So, in theory... I know you love this shit. Clay isn't, Clay isn't the best player available. The best player is Kawhi. Mm-hmm. So, if you, you can look at it two ways. The, you never get a player as good as Clay 11 overall. He's an all-star. He's a Hall of Famer. We call this an A+. But at the same time, there was an A++ that happened after him, you know? Well, hey, well, okay. So, but similarly with Clay, uh, Clay and Kawhi... We didn't know who they were. At least me. I didn't know who they were. I'm going to say most people didn't know who they were. Marquise no, Morris, Marcus Morris, and Alec Burks were and I think, guys that people knew. And I think it's been um, said the Spurs never thought Kawhi would become what he did. They thought they were getting a defender who had offensive upside. They thought they were getting a good player who they could develop into being a pretty good player. They did not think they were getting the best player in the NBA, which he might be. I, I bet you I bet you somebody in the Warriors front office, maybe Bob Myers is going, you know what? Tyrese Halliburton, great defender, just like Kawhi Leonard. Now if we can teach <laughs> if we can teach if we can get him to shoot forty percent from three and one of the best ISO play no, um I'm with you. Uh it, it, it's also And I you're mean, also, you, by the way, you're also seeing with the Spurs now. The Spurs are better at developing talent than probably anyone. They've developed Derek White, they've developed DeJounte Murray. My favorite. But, you know, you know, like, they made Derek White the best version of Derek White. They made DeJounte Murray a damn good point guard who might, might have all-star upside. What Kawhi became is one of those, like, you know, you, you want to develop a guy to his maximum of his ability. You don't expect it to be like, okay, we'll just put him in our culture and Jordan Poole is going to turn into Steph Curry. Like, that's not how We're not it works. there yet. We're not there. We're not there. You're, you're jumping this. Yeah, I know you're excited. But you, get, you get what I'm saying. You're excited. Like, like he's, he, I think he's an all-time outlier, so I think you have to give the, right. the Warriors an 
A plus for the clay pick. Correct. Um, also, we could do a whole podcast, but I do think that Clay Thompson, they probably win uh, the same amount of championships, if not more, with Clay than Kawhi. So I, I don't like, I don't see it as like yeah. they miss, you know, the fit and all that stuff, and just kind of. The but a lot of that like, has to do with KD. Um, that's a, if you that's have a, oh. if you have Steph and Kawhi. Well, actually, no, Kawhi was already injured in 2016, so that doesn't change. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh let's 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 not do the whole revisionist thing but i'm with you a plus a plus plus by the way actually one quick question before we move to the next one um do you give more credit we we don't know maybe sam sources wants to tell us but we don't know do we want to give more uh, um credit quote unquote credit to someone like jerry west because i do think jerry west was maybe someone that probably saw clay and said he's the guy versus well he is it's it's well reported clay was his guy sam sources it's well reported that um if Jerry West was in the room, they might have traded him for Kevin Love, which, by the way, made sense in 2014. Kevin Love was correct, Mr. Numbers, you know, 20-20 every game. Uh, but by the way, he had the Peloton. You look like K-Love now. Like you, guys, you guys are both, you know, he, a couple of years ago, K-Love lost 30 pounds. He looks incredible. He won an ESPY. Yeah, I think that's you coming up. You know, you're, you're big away. awards coming up for um, what was I, I going to say is, <laughs> yes, Jerry West is a very important factor in the Clay Thompson thing. And you, it makes you wonder, do they have a Jerry West in the front office now? Yeah. That's not fair to compare anyone to Jerry West because he is pretty much the greatest talent evaluator of all time. Like, the, he, he, he picked Magic Johnson, <laughs> traded for Kareem, drafted Worthy, Drafted Kobe, Kobe, yep. Signed, signed Shaq in free agency. Like it's just, it's another level of GMing. So uh, and and then and then and, then, and, and the two big ones were, um, or the biggest one was was um, the, the Kobe one because Kobe wasn't an obvious pick at that point. Yep, yep. Uh, and then and then he also got on the phone with KD. That was a story too. Um, by the way, and then most recently, the guy just goes to the Clippers and just goes, uh, or sorry. Um, he goes, Kawhi, I SGA, got you. SGA, SGA, sorry, SGA. Yeah, yeah, SGA. yeah that's yeah, what no, I meant right. to say. Yeah, SGA is what I meant to say. Where he could just flip them. He just drafts them and then flips them and gets Kawhi. But that's important. As we look right. at the Warriors draft this year, whether the player is the next Clay Thompson or the next SGA, you need the player to hit because, you know, what you want to be stuck in the position where you're like, well, we really like him, but we could get the star for him. Yeah. Like, both of those are better situations than – Ah, who can we swindle, you know? So, uh, Charles Jenkins, by the way, if you want to talk about Charles Jenkins. Yeah, Charles, Jen- Charles Jenkins was a good player. He's a nice little player. Just not an NBA player. 44th overall. I'm going to not give it a grade. It's not like they <laughs> passed on anyone of value after. Etwan Moore went after that. He actually became an NBA player. Honestly, Charles Jenkins, if you could hit a three, would be Etwan Moore. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But, um, Charles Moore's kind of, or Charles Jenkins kind of example of a guy who like, if you're not going to get to the rim or do something amazing, you better hit threes. And he just hit 19 footers. Oh, that was good times. Um, you didn't put 2012 on the list. Are we not talking? Are we no, not? I, no, talk I did. Or I did. I just, I put, okay. I put different notes. All right. 2012 is interesting. Famous. 2012 is probably the most important draft of the Warriors. Well, it's the last important one. So they got Harrison Barnes, number seven. Players drafted 
I'm going to sort by win shares. Harrison Barnes actually ranks seventh overall in win shares. Oh, he was the seventh pick. Players drafted behind him who were ranked higher in win shares Andre Drummond, who's picked ninth, and that's who the Warriors were considering. Okay. Tell the story. The other two are um, Draymond and Chris Middleton. And I don't think you can count second rounder. Like no one was, no one was going. You got to take Draymond or Middleton. No, seven overall. So we're gonna put those out of the picture. Uh, what we're really talking about is should they have taken Andre Drummond instead of Harrison Barnes? So that was the that was the big one, right? That was the guy that the Warriors liked, I think, coming in, and then they uh, yeah, because they knew they weren't gonna get. Um, well, I don't even know if they wanted Bradley Beal. Or Dion Waiters. I mean, I wanted Dion Waiters. I, I personally want Dion was my guy <laughs> coming out of college. Just same with Alec Burks. Literally, the kind of the same slasher, confident uh, scoring type. Uh, but Andre Drummond, that, that was the guy that they brought in for a workout, and apparently he was so bad during the the person to person workout. And that's why we always mention that the Warriors can't bring in guys for workouts right now. They can't bring in Devin Vassell, uh, Sam's new favorite crush, or someone like. Uh, you know, Denny Avdia even, right? Uh, they can't bring in guys because I think... Or even like James Wiseman or Cole Anthony or guys mm-hmm. we haven't seen much of. Yeah, <laughs> Cole Anthony. Well, I'm, I'm just throwing out names of guys who are injured all year or suspended or whatever you want to say. Um, you know, you'd want more film on them to get an idea. Uh, but you can't get that. I'm going to ultimately give the Warriors a B plus for Harrison Barnes. Was he... An amazing player? No. I, Drummond's like maybe slightly better, but Harrison Barnes was – do they win the 15 title if they have Drummond instead of Barnes? Do they even pull the bogey trade off? Probably not. I, I, I think player for player, Drummond is maybe an inch better, but when you factor in position and the value of position, you take the wing, even if the wing is – you know, a tier below what you want. So I'm giving it an A minus. Um, you win a title, you get an A. Um, I give them lower than an A or an A plus because, well, 15, 16, they didn't win and he went, you know, 0 for 50. Um, your point about Andre Drummond and Andrew Bogut is a great one. Uh, Bogut's a better player, uh, better fit, right? Maybe they don't do that trade. That would have been bad, right? Because they needed Bogut, Bogut, Iguodala, and Draymond. Yeah, like if they don't, if they, if they, if they draft Drummond, they're, they have staff, um, Clay, they've already traded. No, actually we're wrong. They already pulled off the Bogut trade. So now they're sitting there with Bogut and Drummond to twin towers, but now you don't have a small forward. Yeah, no, it it just, it just would have been messy, but they were looking at them, right? So it's not like they were trying to decide what to do. They were looking at Drummond. Um, now, I, I, just, I think Harry B, I think his thing is not so much about him as a player always. It was always about what he helped unlock. The guy unlocked the death lineup, right? The, the first iteration of the death lineup. Which and is actually, awesome. this, is, this is an important note because, like, you know, we're – KD is no longer here, and there's a lot of – well, you know, they, they can still go to the death lineup. The death lineup kind of only works – if the other wing can play that position. Like, I like Eric Pascal. I think he's a good player. I'm going to give him a high draft grade. I'm not convinced that Draymond and Pascal can play together in a small ball lineup in playoff minutes because I think it's too small. 
Barnes is a little bigger. He could do a lot of things. Um, and just to be clear, to be seen on Barnes – or sorry, to be seen on Pascal. But, like, there is – as much as Draymond unlocked that, there is something to be yep. said for having a small forward who's very comfortable at power forward. If Eric Pascal turns out to be Harrison Barnes – Warriors fans are not going to probably be super excited, but that's a hit. Like, that is an A+. Plus. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if Eric Pascal turns out to be the defender, Harry, Harry Harrison, he was. Ba- Harrison Barnes got criticized because he wasn't um, Paul George. Yeah. Because you know? he wasn't uh, – Because <laughs> he looks the part of – and he shows it time to time that you think he can be one of those higher-level wings instead of just, you know, a solid player. Yep, and that's what he ended up being. But he helped unlock a championship team and one of the best lineups, really, of like the past decade. So I give it an A minus. Um, you look at the guys ne- uh, after him. I see nothing. I love Royce White. That was my guy. Um, but did, he, it did not work for him in the NBA. Yeah, yeah. like My- Myers Leonard, fine. Right. Like uh, none Jeremy of these guys, Leonard, right? Nothing. No. Now, where it gets interesting is we get down to number thirty and thirty-five. At thirty, they took Festus. Um, you could, so I'm torn on Festus. Yeah. On the one hand, he gave him four to five good years, four good years, right? He was a solid rotation center. He was a damn good defender. Um, and that's it. And honestly, if you get four good years out of the 30th pick, you take that, you know, usually the 30th pick doesn't play shout out Jacob Evans. Um, but on the flip side, Jay Crowder won 34. Draymond Green went 35. Chris Middleton went 39. Will Barton went 40. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Sadoransky, ex- Sadoransky at 32. Let's yeah. come on. Come this on. is an excellent, by the way, you rarely see that many good players go between 35, 30. I mean, and even Carlo Quinn was good. I mean, KO, you know, even Kyle yeah, Quinn was yeah. I mean, I'd rather take, I'd rather have Festus than Chaos. Right, right. Onion Kuzmich, 52. I forgot about that one. So Sorry, I'm going to give, I'm going to give Festus a solid B. He, because as much as I listed those guys, there's Jeff Taylor, Bernard James, Quincy Acey, Orlando Johnson, Tyshawn Taylor, Deron Lamb, a bunch of dudes who never made it to anything. And at minimum, we know that Festus was a rotation big man on a championship team for a period of time. He was – God, you stole it from what I was going to say. He was a rotation big man that won a title with the team. And a lot of – I think a lot of Festus Azili is like um, – I mean, when he blew out his knee, right? Like that, that ruined his career. But the other part is like it's just – It was a short it career. Is, it is what it is. Game seven, he was put in a position to fail. He shouldn't have been there. He shouldn't have been in there. But Maybe if, maybe if J.R. Smith doesn't take a cheap shot at Bogut's knee. Um Maybe Sam's spicy tonight. <laughs> Maybe if uh, Draymond doesn't get suspended for not having self-control. Maybe if right. Donatus Monosutis just doesn't sweat all over the floor. But let's see they're here or there. Let's see they're here or there. As, as a pick, as a draft pick, right. Because they, they kind of tried to do the same thing with Damian Jones. Same guy. Um, a little bit of injury concern, but athletic big man. And Damian Jones did not work out. And you kind of look yeah. at Festus Ely, and I'm with you. Festus is more you. of a backup than a starter, but he was, at, at minimum, he was a plus defender. He was a good defender. He could rebound, and he was huge. Finisher. Shit he hands, do- but finisher. <laughs> when he caught it. 
um, he had a great series too against Portland that that year. Um, that seventy three win. Uh, so so I give that pick a B. In theory, they could have had the perfect draft and got like Draymond at 30 and Chris Middleton at 35. <laughs> and so that's why it doesn't get an A. But you know what? B is pretty good. Obviously, 35, Draymond, the best pick of the era, just in terms of value. You don't get a player that good at 35. Uh, I love Chris Middleton and Will Barton, but no, I'll take Draymond over both of them in terms of what wow. he's accomplished to date. Um, just be clear, Chris Middleton. Wow. Chris Middleton's peak is not as good as Draymond's peak. I keep going, man. I got nothing to say. I'm just listening and, and to so, you. So love Dray- Draymond. It makes Draymond, me happy. Draymond is an A plus. Yeah, yeah, he's an A plus. Um, he's an A plus. Even if he retires today or he's washed up, like you say every other podcast, he is an A plus. And by the way, if he is washed up and retired, he played eight years three all-star games probably should have been four one defensive player of the year definitely should have been multiple and three key piece to three titles he doesn't need to play another second of basketball to validate his career if he what he's playing for is i don't say house money but it's legacy it's like it's like the same thing steph can retire today in his first ballot what steph's playing for right now is to prove to people no i'm like one of the 10 best players yes that is well that's what steph's playing for do you think draymond is in in the hall of fame i say yes but i think he's in the hall of fame but like he's he's not first ballot right now i mean he might be well Mm. i assume he's gonna do enough to be first ballot but um if he retired right now no but he's playing for legacy kind of putting himself in a specific category kind of separating himself from like the ben wallace type those guys who had like a great five-year run he's he's playing for that to be like no dude i'm better than that uh did you see his ig story today i did <laughs> he's uh he's bringing back uh i think 2016 draymond he's bringing back 30 10 and 10 um yeah i'm, a, I'm know, the I biggest kinda, i kind of roll my guys on my eyes at that stuff but then at the same time I'm like you know jordan took like a year and a half off and he came back fine so maybe i've been trying to convince you every day and it's good to finally get through to you you know it's taken months it's taken a shelter in place in a global pandemic uh but i'm getting through i'm getting through to you uh, draymond green a plus obviously um he the crazy thing about draymond is i think he's he's you know all the idiots like to uh, underrate Steph or, or do all this shit. But to me, it feels like Draymond's underrated still to the masses because he unlocked this defense that has ne- never, ever before been seen. Draymond Green 6'5 at the 5 is absurd, right? Absurd. And not just like a lineup that wins playoff games, a lineup that's won championships. Um, the other thing, which is pretty cool, he did recruit. Kevin Durant and put together the greatest team along with those MJ Bulls of all time, right? So that is pretty cool. Now we can argue whether he kicked them off the team or not and all that shit, but he did recruit them and he did bring Kevin Durant to the Warriors. And I think that, you know, you can say all the bad stuff, but I think those two things automatically make them. I mean, that's just, that's, you can't beat those two things on a resume. He recruited Kevin Durant and he unlocked the greatest lineup of all time. I mean, that's, you can't beat that. He's a legend. Um, Great player. All right, we're gonna move to, he, said, he baited breath, he said that with. <laughs> we're going to move to 2013. Um, 2013, the Warriors did not have a draft pick because they traded a future pick for Marcus Williams. Shout out Don Nelson. 
I love Marcus Williams, by the way. Marcus Williams is the peak. By the way, Marcus Williams is a uh, black trays guy. Um, oh, he went to Arizona. That's why. Yeah. Uh, it's, just, it's just friend. And he, uh, he's just the quintessential now. There's two quintessential Nelly players to me. One is, uh, oh, we're going to talk about Marcus Williams on this part. A guy like, uh, Bedrins or Kalin Ozabuki, who maybe other coaches would not see the value in and Nelly makes them, you know, really good. Right. Because the way Nelly plays his system, all that sort of stuff. And then there's the Marcus Williams type who Nelly thinks he likes. And then he decides immediately he doesn't after he sees him practice and he puts him in the doghouse. And Marcus Williams, I remember the Marcus Williams trade. They're all like, oh, big point guard, a little Darren Williams-esque, you know. And it's a perfect replacement, a perfect replacement for Baron Davis. And Don Nelson, for whatever reason, decided he didn't like him, which Nelly is like that. Nelly, for as big of a genius as Nelly is, he can also be a little vindictive and do that sort of stuff, right? And so next thing you know, the Warriors are like, well, we trade a first-round pick for a player you refuse to play. <laughs> it's Classic. That's where we're at with him. So anyway, they gave up the pick in 2013. Their pick would have been... By the way, real quick, do you remember Scott Machado? I do. Similar to Marcus Williams, one of my favorite players. But smaller. Um, Scott Machado was yeah. always tiny. That's why he was Marcus Williams was big. Silly. Marcus Williams in Marcus Williams made sense as a as a Baron replacement. Like he wasn't gonna be as good as Baron or anything, but like as a um a player to develop, like a a big point guard who could check twos. So Monte could guard the point guard. It is it is truly pathetic that I like these players, by the way, that none of them pan out. <laughs> it is it is don't put me in the front office. But but who are the Warriors have picked? Who who, who what pick did they draw? Well, they would have had the they would have had the um seventeenth or eighteenth pick. So they would have got Shane Larkin or <laughs> Dennis Schroeder or Tony Snell or Gorgie Dang. Um <laughs> I mean, I guess they could have got Rudy Gobert, who went twenty seven. I with that said, they decided to buy a pick. And they got our guy, the European Derek Rose, Nemanja oh. Nedevic. I was, uh, you know, a funny story. My buddy built a home gym, home gym the other day. Um, he's got it all set up, squat rack and everything. So he's like canceled his 24 membership. And he said, hey, bring bring all these old Warriors jerseys. We're going to go hang them up. He's got like, uh, he's got like Antoine James. God, what a goon. This is, yeah. this is pure goon. I got a Goonery. bench in my garage oh, yeah. and put the jerseys above the bench so I can just flex oh, yeah. afterwards. Oh, that's all he does. That's all, you know the type. He's like my best friend too. Yeah. So you know that. And I so mean, I'm that's like, you. <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, hey, let me get, I was like, I was Google. I was trying to find a Nemanja Nedevich jersey. That's what I was trying to do because he's the guy. He's like he, Marco Bellinelli. Like that was the guy, athletic guys who were just it's, like. It's funny because like, I mean, Bellinelli is more of the classic. You saw a couple games where he scored 20 and you're like, oh, he's going to be good. And then it's just, you know, it doesn't happen. Nedovich never even had that. So <laughs> he um, never, ne- by the way, what was his nickname? Nice life. Neto. Was that, was that his nickname? Yeah. It was, it was a homage to how he liked to uh, balance work and pleasure. Yeah. Uh, Andres Biedrin's type. I just remember him very, uh, he was the, he was shout a good out, celebrator. Shout out Temple. <laughs> a great celebrator. I remember Nemanja Nedovic will so run on the was, court. That's what so, he was good at. So that was the first pick they bought. Eh, didn't really matter. But anyway, that was a bust. Um, 
No reason for any. No reason for any. By the way, real quick, um, this kind of tells you how much of a Warriors fan you are. Did you like? Did you talk yourself into Nemanja Nedvich? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you see a couple highlights of this dude who just is th- that fast off the first step. You're like, oh, there's a place for him. He'll play. Oh, yeah. We we haven't had a quick guard off the bench. Perfect backup for Steph. We could play him together. It just got this three guard rotation. This could be awesome. Didn't work out. Uh, the the Euro Derrick Rose gets you. Uh, we were just doing the draft. I think Jan Vesely was drafted uh, before Harrison Barnes. Um, Jan Vesely, when he called himself the, uh, what is he, Croatian? I don't remember. Blake Griffin. He called himself the Blake Griffin um, of where he was from. So that that was, uh, that along with Euro D. Rose really just, just whew, big misses. Big misses. You know what? It's okay if you miss later on, but it is what it is. So 2014. Raul Neto would have been nice. 2014, the Warriors traded that pick and 2017. So two firsts for Andre Godala. Right. And they didn't really trade him for they traded him to get off of 20. Yeah. Cap space. Get off of Richard Jefferson and Andres Biedrin's corpse contracts. By the so, way, R. Jefferson, just the fucking worst. <laughs> just the worst between them say, having to do that and then him playing on that Cavs team that they won the finals so there's no there's no reason to grade the pick uh the jazz took rodney hood which is a good return for 23rd overall in general if you get rodney hood at 23 you feel good about yourself um they could have theoretically had clint capella who went 25 or uh bogdan bogdanovich who went 27 could have also had Joe Harris, who went 33. Dinwiddie, who went 38. All of this is, doesn't matter because I would consider trading the pick for Iguodala an A-plus move. Correct. Because they, they don't win shit without Iguodala. <laughs> you know, it's like all these guys that we talk about, like Harrison Barnes and Draymond Green and then Clay Thompson. All this was like – and then you like those guys over the guys that they could have gotten. You know, Andre Drummond, Kawhi Leonard, all these guys, and you're like – they really at least Kawhi, you're like okay well but right. that that's you'll rethink but like drumming for barnes you're like what? but right and you're like god they really put together the perfect team though right like it's mm-hmm. it's not like they they fillied this and, and you know processed it up and kind of got these guys and they're no, they hit fans. they hit actually what we're gonna see on the second half of this is they hit a lot of pits in a row it actually reminds me of the niners um Part of the Niners' uh, success right now is oh, okay. they nailed like three drafts in a row on a pretty substantial level. Like just so many players in consecutive drafts. Like as much as everything's about free agency, where does LeBron want to go? Where does Giannis want to go? Where does Steph want to go? That sort of thing. Um, if you hit your draft picks, you're good. Um, by the way, though, uh, they hit, but. Someone than Thomas and Ruben Foster, my goodness. But they did hit. That's they interesting. Hit, At least made up for it. Yeah. So 2015. 2015 was the Warriors' first title. They were obviously the best team in the NBA, so they had the 30th overall pick. They took Kayvon Looney, who I remember when they took him, I'm like, oh, this is a good gamble because Looney was a high potential guy, but he had all the injury worries, which, you know, there's a reason those worries were there. And he, um, so he fell from the teens. He was going to probably be like anywhere from 10 to 15 
to 30 overall because of his medical red flags. Now I'm going to list some players who went after him for you. Looney, number 30. Montrez Harrell, 32. Raquan Holmes, 37. Josh Richardson, 40. Wow. And Pat Connaughton, 41. No, get that out of there. We're not talking about Pat Connaughton. So where do we go on Looney? Because you, you have to, let's put it this way. If the Warriors miss on Harrison Barnes, that's more egregious than missing on 28, 29, 30, 31. You can't miss in the top 10. You cannot miss in the top 10. But at 30, they got a player who Looney is worth the 30th pick. I'm not even going to – actually, I will. I'm going to read players who went ahead of Looney. Chris McCullough, R.J. Hunter, Larry Nance, Jarrell Martin. One at R.J. Hunter, by the way, but please keep going. Jarrell Martin, uh, Bobby Portis, Rashad Vaughn, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. None of those players are as good as Looney when he's healthy. Um, I will say this. Okay, with this draft pick, um, I will say this. The kind of almost the epitome of light years. Um, I think they understood that they had a very good team. They understood that they could have a little practice, a little patience. They had a lot of depth at the time. Practice a little yeah. patience with a guy they that had, wasn't. They had, um, who did they have? They had, they had Festus. They had Bogut. They had Draymond. They had David Lee. They had. Um, they had a lot of good need a, they didn't need a guy who contributed next year they didn't and they took a gamble on a guy that was talented um coming out of high school and even going into the draft and it and it worked out now the injuries are coming back but it worked out uh because he is a starting caliber center i think even on a on a title team right like even on a title team like if Kavon looney was healthy against the rappers raptors i don't think they win they still need clay healthy they still need katie healthy or even one of them, right? But he... I look at it this so, way. He's would, legit. I think that's an Would 2018-19 Looney start... Harden. Would he start on um, the Clippers? Probably. Over, 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 over Trez. Over Montrez Harrell. No, it, but, but, over, you, but over Zubach? Oh, you're talking about that. Yes, of course. It's yes. a two-man... He'd be the rotation. Would he play on the Lakers? Probably. Yes. Yes. Would he, so he, he's a player. Now, I give it a B... Because end of the day, I think Trez is better. I'm going to give them a pass on Josh Richardson, who went 40 overall and developed over time. But if we're just talking about pure big men, I think I'd rather have Holmes and Trez than Looney. And you know what? Hindsight's 2020. Those aren't obvious picks. It's not like, it's not like picking, um, uh, you know, Right, Jaleel, Jaleel yeah. Okafor over Kristaps <laughs> Porzingis, which happened in this draft. But, wow, it stops me from giving an A for it because end of the day, I'd rather have Trez on this Warrior team than Looney. Yeah, but I think that the process was done correct. I think that they took a gamble on someone that I think if Kevon Looney was healthy, he's going above Montrez Harrell every single time. And the fact, But he wasn't, that- but the medical red flags were there, so... I, and, but but that but that's okay. I think they got the years out of him that well that's that sounds wrong. But they got good years from Kavon Looney when he was healthy that made up for that fact. Now we'll see about he's, he's similar the next actually. Few years. He's actually similar to uh, Festus in this case, where you're like you'd have liked to see you know maybe Looney it will is, project longer at this point. If Looney comes back healthy next year and develops more than he has, then it's not the same thing. But if Looney never plays again. 
he's pretty comparable to Festus. I think, yeah, I think it's very, you know, they call themselves light years. And now I think it's a little bit of a joke. But back then, what are we talking about here? 2015, um, they had a fully functioning front office that was, I think, like the best in the league, right? Like they were the be- they were ahead of everyone else in the NBA at that time. And to me, I think this draft pick didn't epitomize that, but it, 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 it fed into that. Like it fed into that. Drafting Jordan Poole does not feed into that. Drafting Jacob Evans does not. Does not. But Kevon Looney is like, it's a pretty light years draft pick to me. I guess you could get Montrezl Harrell, yeah. But Kevon Looney was the, like Montrezl Harrell is not guarding James Harden the way that Kevon Looney is, and I think that was a huge part of them. But Trez is doing a lot of things that Looney can't do. So yeah, he's he's probably dropping. He's actually probably finishing and dropping twenty. I mean, I'm just but. imagining Trez with the Warriors system and the gravity, and he's averaging twenty a game. Yep, yep. And then and then stuff has too much help again. Uh, yep. But with that said, <laughs> all right, 2016, they have their pick. They take. Damian Jones, number 30. One note, Pascal Siakam went 27. Siakam is like Draymond, in my opinion, where it's once every five years a guy picked in that 25 to 40 range turns into a star. You can't even plan for it. Like, we, we both no. know. If the Warriors no. knew Draymond was a star, they'd have taken him over Festus. It's not that complicated, right? No. Um, but who they did take Damian Jones over was Zubach. Whatever. The big one, in my opinion, is Malcolm Brogdon at 36. This, to me, is a little bit of a miss because they drafted for need. They wanted a center. They had KD coming. They knew Festus was done. And they wanted a big man, whereas is there a more perfect guard fit for the Warriors system than Malcolm Brogdon? And to me, it feels like they overcompensated it in the, in the next drafts by trying to get someone like Malcolm Brogdon because he's a, if you told me Malcolm Brogdon went to Villanova, I'd say, yeah. If Michigan State, yeah. Here's the thing. Virginia is the same thing as those programs. Malcolm Brogdon, a, basically a veteran, right? He knows how to play basketball. He's coming in the NBA ready to – Knows how to pass, knows how to shoot, knows how to read defenses, can play on ball, can play off ball. Yeah. Knows how to be a pro though, right? Like Jordan Bell, somebody that we'll get into later, is like he didn't know how to be a pro. From all we know, from all we've heard, the guy just didn't know how to be an NBA player, like a professional athlete, right? Malcolm Brogdon, the guy's nickname is the president. Like he's, I mean, he's really good at basketball. He's got a huge contract, but he's... He's a better player. He's a better player than I thought he would be, but I knew coming out, he was a lock to be a rotation player. Is he not guard version of Draymond? Is he not? In some ways, yeah. I mean, he's... Like, has a lot of the same things where it's just the guys... Maybe the upside isn't there. And Draymond exceeded that upside. With Brogdon, it's like, maybe the upside wasn't there. Maybe that's why people wanted to draft Scout LeBissier. Yeah, because he's older. He's older. Yeah. 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 And and that's why I think the Warriors at the time were like, a little bit of need, like you said, a little bit of Damian Jones. They had a lot of upside. It's it's need because I'm looking at Malcolm Brogdon being like, that's the perfect third guard for Stephen Clay. Oh it's a perfect. God. He can defend. He can pass. He can shoot the lights out. Um, he's just when the when the Warriors trade for Ricky Rubio, the, you're gonna say, look, they could have just gotten Malcolm Brogdon, but instead now they got Ricky Rubio. If Rubio so. if Rubio can shoot, yes, but yeah, okay. God, so I'm giving this percent from the free throw line by the way, or ninety five. That's hilarious. Um, <laughs> I'm giving Damian Jones a C minus. I was gonna do that too. 
Um, you, you can't give an F just because it's like it's the 30th pick. I think a lot of the uh, – we're going to give worse grades, I think, to some of these guys um, in the next few drafts. But I think with Damian Jones, he, did, he at least showed some flashes. Um, by the way, uh, Patrick McCall in the same draft I think is actually more interesting to talk about than – Yeah, than yeah I was going to get to that one next. I just had to do Damian Jones first. So Patrick McCall, pick they bought at number 38. So McCaw's a tough one because he only played for the Warriors for two years. As a rookie, we thought he was going to be Livingston, Iguodala replacement. Not even as good, but like his skill set was very similar. And he played a key role on that team, particularly in the finals. He did. He was a good he, player. He closed out um, that, that, uh, that clincher um, in, the, in the first finals. He closed that thing, or sorry, the sec, the first one that they won with Kevin Durant. And I remember, I don't know if you were at the game. I was at the game watching yeah. that. And to me, I was just like, yeah, this guy's going to be, this guy's going to be. You thought he was uh, going to be like, you're like, all right, Sean's got another Iguodala. one to yep. two years in him. Yep. And Iguodala, maybe another extra year. And you were like, this is the next glue wing, jack of all, master of none guy. I was like, right now, 2020, Patrick McCaw this season would have been a 3 and D wing that com- would command $14, $15 million on the open market. Like, that was what I was thinking. Pre-corona. Um, but yes. pre- pre- <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Pre-corona. Um, and I don't think it was a bad pick because of ability. He, I think he dropped, I think, because of the off-the-court stuff that ended, that ended up with him leaving the team, I, I think there was just off the court stuff that we didn't know. Nobody knew until that happened. Until he just said, "Fuck it, I'm not going to play for the." I gotta stop swearing. She'd said, "I gotta stop swearing." So I'm gonna I'm gonna cut the f bombs. Um, but I think that some of the some of the off the court stuff with Patrick McCall caught up uh, to him, and I I don't think this is a bad pick or a pick that didn't work out because of ability or fit. I think it was, you know, sometimes the guy is in the right. And it's also 38 overall. He gave him one good year. But the flashes, you know? I know. It's, a, it's really... He's, he's a what-if because he should have given us more. But I give it a C+, plus, B-. Minus. I don't know. It's hard to say. It's, it's, they still got value out of him. The end of the day, they got a player who played in the finals that they want. Yeah, to me, to me, you just yes. like you were hoping to thread the needle to get another Draymond where you're like, oh, at 38, we got a guy who's going to be here for a decade. Yeah. That's not how it works. That's you don't get a Draymond every draft. That's just that is that is not how it works. And that's why, like, I want to say incomplete. I'll probably go like C plus just because I can't do a B just because the guy didn't play enough. I'll probably go C plus. Um, but um, I think to me, it's it's just it's not the ability. I, I think it was just Pat, Patrick McCall. It was a lot of off the court stuff that that we've heard that just kind of torpedoed his time with the Warriors. So um, it is what it is. It, it sucks. But uh, Malcolm Brogdon is a tough one, by the way. I didn't I didn't know that coming into this one. Malcolm Brogdon is one of my favorite players. Um, shocking. He's um, one of my favorite players in the league. Uh, All right, we're moving to 2017. 2017, the Warriors did not have a draft pick because they traded it to get a Godala. Again, we're going to hold that in A because end of the day, you make a trade that helps to lead to a title, you get an A. That's all that matters. It's not your numbers. It's winning a title. Remember that, listeners. It's winning, not titles. Winning, <laughs> not numbers. 
Uh, theoretically, if they kept that Sam pick, they could have got, the got Josh Hart, who would have been nice, but whatever. I'd rather have a Godala. They did buy a pick, and they bought Jordan Bell at 38 again. I remember this. This was at the height of Warriors' yes. exceptionalism and hysteria. Yes. Where everyone's like, and they let the Warriors get <laughs> Jordan Bell? No. You know? Um, Jordan I have Be- never, by the way, before you go into that, I actually, I'm, I was going to talk about that, but I'm glad you brought it up. Um, just nothing more Twitter than because the Warriors were so good at the time, were so great, just felt the need to just be furious. Oh my God, jo- Jordan Bell? Just the, the next just, Hakeem Olajuwon? Just like- people who've only watched two highlights. have no <laughs> clue who he is a player. By the way, even, even Chris Boucher, who, the, who, they, who they picked up, Oh my undrafted, god. undrafted. Yeah, who they picked up, and they were like, "Oh my god, oh my god, another Oregon guy." I think Oregon was a Final Four team that year, or Elite Eight. It's like, "Oh my god, another another Oregon guy." How could you do that? How could you let him go to the Warriors? Um, Jordan Webb Bell, by the way, um, really, really cool memories in that Houston Rockets series, um, and, and that's probably why I won't give him a terrible grade because I do think that Jordan Bell could have been a nice player. I'll let you go and kind of talk about who you is and stuff like that. But he could have been, he could have been special. Mini Draymond. Yeah. I think that was always overblown, but he's better than what he's shown. Um, he's out of the league now, pretty much. You know what I mean? They could like have taken Thomas Bryant. They could have <laughs> taken Dylan Brooks, who I'd have loved. Um, End of the day, I called a flyer pick, and he was productive in one playoff series, which was an important playoff series. So I'm going to give it a passing grade of a C plus, because end of the day, he was a piece that was valuable in the destruction of the Houston Rockets in 2018. And you know what? End of the day, if a second-round pick plays a role in getting you yep. to the finals, you take it. Let's move I'm, it to 18. By, by the way, real quick, real quick. Um, with with Jordan Bell, uh, the the quintessential kind of guy that just uh, we talked about it earlier. He just he could have been better. He he wasn't ready to play basketball. I think at the NBA level, and now he's out of the league. Um, and I think that's that's kind of the difference you see in guys like Draymond Green, um, even Harrison Barnes, who was a seventh pick, was always like professional, ready to play. Um, and I think guys like Jordan Bell weren't ready, and that's what happens because he has a lot of talent. Also, I think the Warriors, you can kind of see them kind of going after guys that they succeeded with, right? Like, you can kind of see them going after Jordan Bell because maybe they saw a little Draymond Green or they saw Pat McCall as a little bit of a Livingston and Iguodala, so they try to emulate that. I don't know if that's the best way to go. So that might be kind of like a, uh, a, a blind indictment spot. Of, yep, uh, of the front office because you look at him now, Halliburton, you look at him now, you know, some of these guys that are high, high, uh, sorry, like not much upside, but like high floor, I don't know if you want that, right? Because I think they're trying to find the next Iguodala Livingston. It's like, I don't know if you... It's a lot of like trying to hit just to hit the green instead of hit a hole-in-one. Um, just, just hit someone. Hit some, it doesn't have to be the next Steph Curry or Clay Thompson or Draymond Green. It could be the next Paul George, but they, I don't know if they, they think that way. I, I think they just want the next Andre Iguodala instead of the one, next Paul George, but we'll see. You know, that brings up an interesting point, which is the Warriors' core three. Steph played three years in college, which fits lets us know. 
Clay played three years in college, which Fitz lets us know. Draymond played four years of college, which, you know, we hear about. Um, I don't know that they know how to scout raw talent and develop it. Like, I, have, they, have they found a, a one and done and turned him into a player? Looney is the closest. Wow, I like that point. Um, yeah, I can't think of anyone. I mean, Eric Paschal is a longtime a four-year, Villanova guy. Four-year yeah. player. He's a four-year guy. I was going to say three. Yeah, four-year guy. So you kind of don't see. Even Harrison Barnes was a one-year guy, but he two-year guy. Oh, was he? Oh, he was. But he was highly uh, touted throughout. Everyone um, thought he was going to be the next Kobe, and then we saw him. And we're like, uh, maybe Rudy Gay. <laughs> <laughs> maybe Rudy Gay. Although the Warriors are really gay right now, it would be kind of nice. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's one of those where you wonder about their ability to scout and develop. They know how to find guys who fit their system, which is valuable, but they might need more now. Moving it forward to 2018 draft, Jacob oh, Evans. God. This is an unquestionable F. <laughs> um. Travis Schlenk left the year before this. No one takes credit for this pick. They all blame Draymond. They all blame Draymond. The moment they drafted him, by the way, they they blame Draymond. Yeah, by the way, the moment that you remember that, the moment that they drafted him, they blame Draymond. They said, Draymond's in the front office now. He's scouting. He was in there for the private workout. He likes Jake. There's 82 game players and 16 game players. Hell of a quote, by the way. It is a great quote. It's... It's far less cool when you realize it's attributed to a player who's a neither game player. <laughs> He's not even a G League player. Uh, we spend a lot of time trashing Jacob Evans. Uh, I do find it funny that in the era of, of you call it Warriors exceptionalism, exceptionalism during the draft, that actually there were people that, that were like, okay, you know what? We might be going too far with this. Jacob Evans might not actually be good at basketball. It's Even like it's like your friend who's like, I'm I'm not drunk. I can take one more shot. It's like, no, dude, it's it's time. It's time. You've it's time for you to go home. By the way, that's you describe me yet again. <laughs> oh. Oh so. fuck. You know what? Before we kind of keep going here, I forgot to do a read, so let, let's do this thing. Um <laughs> Ben Online is back. They've been here all quarantine. Um I've been on here for months because I've got nothing to do but just to play with money the lack of money that i'm making um and then whine to sam about it um so there's no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partners betonline.ag sports are slowly making their way back at bet online and bet online is leading the way with the best odds and minds for all ufc nascar boxing and soccer matches by the way watch nascar today for the first time in my life um didn't bet on it yet because i'm not there i'm not that much a degenerate but nascar i'm slowly getting into um this guy named bubba driver um and and he's not white so you know every day you learn new things and if you need even more they have simulated nfl nba and ufc simulations all day every day live on the website and if you're looking for something other than sports bet online is hundreds of casino games poker tournaments prop bets prop bets to bet on visit betonline.ag promo code blue wire free welcome bonus that's one word blue wire bet online your online wager experts all right what do we got next well, one more. So now we've reached a point where we can't grade them. But 2019, they took uh, they took Jordan Poole, 28, maybe a bit of a reach. Um, jury's out on him. They claimed that the Spurs were going to draft him. They do claim the Spurs were taking him 29. Spurs took Keldon Johnson, who wasn't good either. 
Uh, but the Spurs also have a history of guys not being productive year one and then becoming players Correct. after that. Correct. So we'll see. There's no one they took. No one. No one who went after that who popped is like an obvious pick. Kevin Porter looks probably the best of the bunch. Um. Then after that, we get them taking Alan Smilagic, which is the most embarrassing pick of the Warriors dynasty. They could not stop talking about how much they love Smilagic. Like, could not stop at all. That David Griffin, who's a smart-ass GM, literally was like, follow gonna, Sam on Twitter. I'm going to pick him and just get some extra picks out of the Warriors. What do the Warriors do? They give him two picks for Aaron Smilagic. Maybe Smilagic will be good. Maybe he won't, but maybe they shouldn't have talked so much about him because he was going to go undrafted. And then finally... Let's, let's, sorry, sorry. Let's stop. Let's pause here. Let's pause here. I, I love that uh, little story that you gave there. Uh, I think a quintessential issue with the Warriors front office right now. Cannot, cannot shut the fuck up with what they like, what they don't like, what their thoughts are, what they ate for breakfast, when they decided to take a dump, you know, what they had for lunch. <laughs> just just cannot stop telling anyone the stuff that they're thinking about on a day-in, day-out basis. And they came out with an Alan Smiley Geach uh, article uh, uh, with the Chronicle. I think our guy, Connor, Connor Letourneau, wrote it um, months Sh- before shout the Shout out, Connor. Shout out Connor, who has just given the people what they need during the quarantine. He's got so many takes. It's great. Um, months before the draft. Most, most improved? He should have gotten an SB last night. Yeah, Connor is just, for Warriors fans, he has been like the he's just give, He's just feeding the content we want. We're like, give us more draft nuggets, Connor. Yeah. We need to hear. <laughs> tell, me, tell me what Kurt Lacob said next. <laughs> and then and then we got to and then we'll read what Drew and Grant will aggregate on on NBC Sports. Um it just I think again nothing nothing with the Warriors media. You hear what you hear and you can say what you say, right? You Sam, you hear what you hear, you say what you say. You know, sometimes you say some stuff, sometimes you don't. And I think that the issue here is that look, those second round picks that New Orleans got probably won't matter. Probably won't get Draymond Green. The issue here is that this was You didn't have to give him away. It just it was not an issue. You just said that they would have gone and drafted. Uh, our guy, friend of the pro- program, Sam Vecini, chuckled and said, this guy was like a hundredth on his big board, right? Just in no way was he going to get picked. And the Warriors literally just wanted to – they just wanted to jerk themselves off and just wanted to act like they were the smartest team in the league. And I don't – again – End of the day, probably won't matter, but I just don't understand why this is a thing that the Warriors are doing now, especially with the misses that they've had in the past years. Um, so we can go on to Pascal here, which they did hit on, but I think that the Smiley Gage stuff is kind of a uh, maybe a small symptom to something that can be worse moving forward. It's worrisome. So then, at, of course, after you completely embarrass yourself, you completely redeem yourself and you get Eric Pascal. <laughs> Pascal's a player. Whether he turns into a starter or just a nice little rotation piece, he's at the 41th overall pick, he's a player. Yeah. Uh, a, 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 right. Mm, there's, it's very easy. Um, the guy, he Isn't showed Isn't it funny more. if he went at number 28? We're not worried about any of the other stuff. Yeah. You know, with Jordan Poole, I guess we kind of glossed over him. There are some flashes with Jordan Poole. Right, like I don't. I think it's obviously incomplete. We kind of can't grade these guys, but with Jordan Poole, I do think 
They put him at point guard because, well, he kind of can't defend and kind of can't shoot. So they, <laughs> they put him at point guard, and he showed some flashes. He was able to um, play make. He was able to show. I honestly think that they didn't draft him for his ability to pass or his ability to handle, but they kind of fell backwards into getting that. So I don't know if that's a good thing for Bob Myers in the front office and that they kind of – fell backwards or, or kind of landed onto someone that could be a playmaker. I think they kind of just like Jordan Poole as a shooter, high IQ player, stuff like that. Um, but we'll see. Um, I think with um, with the guys that was drafted after, Keldon Johnson, Kevin Porter, Nicholas Claxton, whoever the hell that is, right? I liked Carson Edwards. Um, but a lot of these names here are guys that didn't even show flashes. Um, and I think obviously with Jordan Poole, he showed flashes – Flashes because he had to play, but he looked fine. Um, but again, here, here the, the jewel is Eric Pascal. The jewel is Eric Pascal um, because I think if you look at the draft here, do you pick him? Like, where's he going in a redraft right now? Like, I mean, I'm looking at this right now. You know what I mean? Sorting it by any sort of advanced metric is pointless because they've only right. played one year and like. R.J. Barrett, just because his advanced number suck, doesn't mean he's not going in the top five again. But I'm looking at it and like, okay, Matisse Thibel, objectively probably going t- ahead of him. Yeah, I probably Grant t- Williams is interesting enough that you could probably throw it a toss up right now. But he, Eric Pascal's going in the top 25, top 20. Is he going lottery? I think he might go lottery too. Like, I think he might go top 14. Like, I'm looking at guys like Romeo Langford and PJ Washington, Cam Johnson. Like, I'm taking Pascal, right? Like, we saw some of these guys play. PJ was good, but yeah. Um, like, Cam, Cam Johnson did not have a good rookie year. Uh, um, you know, Jackson Hayes, maybe you still take the upside, but right? Like, Romeo Langford was whatever. Yeah, who uh, thinks that these guys are going to be players or pass? Our guy Chumo, K- 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 I mean, he's going to be a star. So, next guy, next guy. Yeah. Uh, obviously, he's a star. <laughs> um, what, what, okay, so let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Um, okay. Let, what, what does Eric Pascal have to do here? Um, obviously, the shooting and all of this crap, but like, what does he have to do? <laughs> I think it's really just the shooting because he's his in-between game is awesome. Yep. I actually buy he'll be a solid defender, but he's not big enough to be a great defender. Um, but if he hits shots, now he's a really interesting player. If he can't hit shots, he's just a come-off-the-bench bucket guy. If he hits shots, he's we're talking 30 minutes a game. If he can hit 35 37% on three, he's a piece you think about. He's a guy who you're like, is a you game plan for it is very important. So for me, everything comes down to the shot. Um, the shot is important. I think uh, some of it too is the defense because we talked about this earlier. You brought this up. Draymond and Pascal together. Um, do they play the four and the three or the five and the four? Because we've talked a lot about Marcus and to me, Marcus is closing, and that's at the five. Um, and if you're closing on Marcus at the five, you play Draymond Green at the four. Uh, and then you play Stephen Clay, then who plays a three? Andrew Wiggins, right? But like, are there going to be games that you finish a Draymond at the five, or are there going to be games that Pascal's going to finish over Wiggins? It's like, what type of defense can he play to get there? Um, I don't know. I don't know because he's kind of undersized, right? But he's also too slow to guard wings. He's not, he's not quick. He's not like Draymond quick or, or like that instinctive. So I think he is like a true tweener um, is what I'm trying to get at. 
Whereas, yeah, we, we thought right? Draymond was a tweener, but he showed us defensively he can do things do that things. don't. Yeah. <sighs> he transcends. Like, he's, he transcends he's the size of it. He's the size of a tweener, but he can do things that redefine what a tweener is. Pascal might be more of a pure tweener. So, yep. with all that said, what do we think of. What do you think? What does this inform us about the Warriors going forward? They've obviously changed front man front office. Um, they obviously have. It's not the same. You know, the group that was there in 2011 is not the group that's there in 2020. But there's a lot of core pieces. Lakeup's still there. Bob Myers is still there. Larry Harris has a lot of voice. Steve Kerr obviously came in halfway through, but he has a lot of voice. Um, do we think this informs them? Informs the pick? Um, man, that is a hell of a, so I mean, we I could guess do a second pot on just, this, we could do yeah. a second pot. We're probably like an hour in, but we are wrapping up. Um, I, I, I think that this, this tells me that I think fuck, I'm, I'm going to say incomplete moving forward. I'm going to say incomplete. Cause I don't, and that's, see a, a that's the problem I have because they hit on clay Barnes and then they became a contender Yep, and Bob never had to draft a high pick and Steve Kerr was never here for a high pick. So I don't know. And, yep. and I don't know how they react to all this. I don't, and I don't see the vision, right? I don't see the vision. I see the Houston Rockets vision, regardless of what happens. I see their right. vision. I see the San Antonio Spurs vision. I see mm, Toronto Raptors. Maybe I just think the development team is great, but like, I don't see what the Warriors vision is, but I don't think it's their, their fault. I don't think we're trying to say it's their fault. I think we're trying to say like, it's just opportunity. I, do, I mean, I do really see there. their vision is to have the, to play their triangly basketball. <laughs> they want, I mean, they want Terry Halbert, honestly. Sam they sources. just they just don't no it's not and, my and sources, but, but like he's they want fully well-rounded players yep and but here's a here's a problem with fully well-rounded and we'll the problem with that is sometimes you don't get Steph Curry when you're looking at the fully well-rounded players right coming yeah. in sometimes you don't get Clay Thompson Clay Thompson becomes a well-rounded player but you don't get Clay Thompson because you're looking for fully well-rounded players. Sometimes you got to trust that your scout or sorry, your development team and your coaching staff is going to get those guys there. And I don't, I don't know if you can build on this. I don't know if the Warriors are confident that their team is going to be, Hey, we're going to get Anthony Edwards to become a two way. Ola Depot. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're like, oh, we're, you know, maybe he'll come in and he'll end up being Levine, and it's okay. But how do we get him there? I don't know if they're confident that, or they've shown that confidence. So I think that's how kind about of this? A they don't have a lot of experience at it. They don't. Um, I think someone who's more experienced in scouting can read. That's not a fatal flaw. That is a fatal flaw, and we don't know with this team. It's it's an unknown. Everything's an unknown in this post-coronavirus world so um it's going to be interesting do i feel confident no do i feel unconfident also no i don't I, I like i don't have a read like i'm not in my um 2006 no matter what the warriors do they're gonna f this up mode yep. but i'm also not in my 2016 yep. no matter what the warriors do they're gonna fall into success mode 
I'm in the middle. I'm not sure. I go back and forth. That's that's kind of the. Uh, by the way, this is what happens when you're now not rooting for the greatest team of all time. This is very. This is normal, and this is, I think, um, Lake Up's time to shine. Actually, Lake Up and Myers. Lake Up and Myers' time to shine, where they are able to number one, Joe Lake Up, spend the money that they can spend. Uh, they can, maybe they won't, but they can spend to get good players, and that's on Lakeup. And I think it's on Bob Meyer, Steve Kerr, in the front office. Right now, you have the ability to draft a top five draft pick for this year, and a top and a lottery pick next year. Let's just say a lottery pick next year. You have two lottery picks in the next two years, and if you hit on those, right? If you hit on those, you can win. Not like one more title. You can win two or three more titles or even become like a really good team for the next five, year, five ten years. Mm-hmm. And I agree with you. We don't know if they can do that. You know what I know? I know that if Steve Kerr has a good team and good talent, he's going to be able to manage the offense, defense, and the egos to win a championship. I know that. But we don't know that they can do the rest. Um, and that's, that's opportunity. That's not really like... Oh, they drafted Jacob Evans. They fucked it up. We now think that they can't draft anyone, right? Like, that's not what we're saying. I, I think it's just they've never had a top five pick. We don't know. So, Yeah. Um, we'll end it there. I mean, it's curious. We're going to talk about the draft for the next five months. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't want to get everything the else. When's the draft? October. October. We got dates. But, I mean, I think it's something worth – you know, I'd love to hear our listeners. Email us. Tweet us, whatever, your thoughts on their ability to scout. Because we've ran the gamut, and I think everything points to them being somewhere middle of the road. Not bad, not great. I want to hear what you guys think. Cool. Uh, Discord channel, Light Years Premium, all that fun stuff. Um, So we'll see you guys next. We'll see you guys soon.